Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa, and I'm joined here with a special guest with actually a new title. He used to be my right-hand man, my COO, Dale Dempsey. Now he's my right-hand man and president of Elite Consulting Partners. So welcome to the new year, Dale, and the new title and new position and more work. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome all of it, actually. Good, good. Yeah. Well, it's a new year. We are back. We took a little bit of a pause for some recordings. Candidly, we were just cranking and too busy, which is a good problem to have. And we had a lot of stuff going on. And so a lot of business planning, a lot of thinking about our business for 2022 and just getting some stuff done. So we're back. We have a bunch of great podcasts coming up. And so, you know, today we thought we would just really talk about something that's really timely, and that's the up and down of the market right now. We are not getting into the reasons why and all that stuff. That's not this show. But what we do want to talk about is, as a financial advisor and a practitioner, what you should be doing now in these types of markets, which many would argue could be the beginning of sort of an extended down period or a slide or whatever you want to call it. I'm not here to debate that yes or no. But I think that having gone through a number of corrections in my career, I think there are a lot of advisors out there that haven't. Right. A lot that are. And those advisors that have been through a bunch of them, or maybe, you know, they've experienced it and good and bad. But I think that there are a lot of advisors that haven't. There are a lot more RIAs out there than than they used to be. There are a lot more basically business owners that were practitioners, they've gone independent, and now they're really wearing two hats, right? Because now they're a they're a business owner running a business and they're still a financial advisor. You know, and you you have some Dale has some great stats on on some things that that can happen if you don't pay attention. But I think that, you know, this is the really important time where you need to start, you sort of double down on on your service and step away from some of the things that you might want to do with your business, sort of take your business owner hat off and put your client service hat on. So Dale, you had done a survey or not, you didn't do well, a survey, but you- Yeah, I didn't do a survey. A interesting survey. So what we have been hearing on the phones from advisors is, is look, they're they're busy with- clients right now, right? January has been, from what I'm hearing, pretty historic from a market perspective. So, you know, just looking around at, at some statistics. So NASDAQ.com put out a put out a survey from the Spectrum Group and they surveyed 200 former clients with more than a million dollars in investable assets. So it's saying 61 left because the advisor didn't promptly return the phone call from them, from the client, from the former client. 53 of the 200 left because the advisor wasn't proactive enough in reaching out. And then 46 left because their advisor didn't return an email in a timely manner. So if you add all those up at a 275% of these former clients left because of a lack of communication. So I thought this was interesting. I was watching this last night. So Josh Brown, financial advisor, Ritholtz Wealth Management, those guys are great and always you know, sort of pushing the model on how to over service and make sure clients are aware of, of their thoughts. 
So the question yesterday on CNBC, he was asked, you know, what kind of market do you think we're going into? And here's his quote. I'm glad you asked and giving me an opportunity to talk about this. What we're actually talking about with clients right now, and for the most part, it's us reaching out to clients and not clients reaching out to us. So he goes into his thoughts about the market. But it was interesting to hear him say that they're proactively reaching out to clients right now. Yeah. When we talk to advisors around the country and you know, I'm talking to my friends and all that stuff, the good advisors are the ones that are proactive in reaching out to their clients. Even if you think and even if you have a model that you say, well, I don't pay attention to the daily ups and downs, right? That's what we hear. I don't pay attention to the daily ups and downs and my clients shouldn't either. But the fact is they do, right? And there's no downside in calling a client, telling them, hey, just check it in. You know, we talked about long cycles and, you know, portfolio allocation and blah, blah, blah. But I just want to make sure you're okay, you're understanding. And I would say maybe eight times out of 10, they're going to be like, no, Frank, listen, I appreciate it. But, you know, I, I trust you. You know, I know you got my back and, you know, and yeah, it's not great. But, you know, I know I remember what you said. And and that's a huge thing that I think a lot of advisors, they don't proactively do and they really need to more than ever before. And because what's going to end up happening is you're going to make some assumptions that your clients don't necessarily care or they don't, they shouldn't have to, they don't care or they shouldn't care, but they're going to get called from their competitors. They're going to get called from people that are saying, when's the last time you talked to your financial advisor? So you, you need to start thinking about, and we talked about last year, like planning and what's, you know, your plan for 2022 and the next year, but you need to really be thinking about is your service model really bulletproof? Because those, you know, those 75% of those clients all left because of service issues, right. not performance, yeah. right? Which has been doing this for almost 30 years. Study after study after study, you know, out of, you know, 25 reasons why a client leaves an advisor, performance is like 18, right? It's so yeah. far down the list. Right. And, you know, we just feel like when we're talking to clients around the country, and again, most, you know, when we're talking, whether it's a coaching client that we have, you know, we work with coaching clients, and we work on their service model because they're so busy taking in new dollars and bringing those new clients in that sometimes you forget. And we ask these questions like, well, what do you, what's your service model for communication with your clients? And they don't necessarily have one. Yeah. You need to, you really need to think about that in this day and age because things have changed pretty rapidly, right? If you don't have an infrastructure whether you're, you're an employee at a bigger firm or you're out on your own as a wealth management business owner, you're going to be caught up in some sort of event like this where you're not going to have the resources and the bandwidth to get in front of everybody that you should. And then, you know, look, we've seen plenty of models where advisors train their clients to get information from the advisor in a more modern way. Like, you, you know, you can do video statements. I say, you know, not specific to one client, but you can make blog posts, which is actually a pretty big deal. Well, we have, you know, we have clients that I can think of some, one of our good clients out in Chicago that used Zoom. I mean, nowadays with Zoom calls, your clients are more used to it. But if you go back, I'll say a year and a half ago, or really the early part of 2020, as we started getting into COVID, Zoom calls weren't like that new, right? It wasn't like a, wasn't like new technology, but it was new for financial advisors. It was new. It was a new form of communication. 
And we had some clients that, and one particular client I'm thinking about, had a record record AUM gathering quarter in the heart of COVID. And it was because they used, to Dell, your point, they used Zoom to create systems and efficiencies in allowing them to communicate with their clients on a weekly basis what was going on in the market. So instead of taking you know, 30 phone calls during the course of a week and saying the same thing to each client, right? They used to do a radio show. I'm going to check them out. Mooney Lines and Chicago, they're, they're a great firm. And the, they used to do a radio show. They turned into a podcast slash blog. Smart. Right? Yeah. And they would just tell their clients. And eventually, they, they had gotten their clients trained. Like, don't call us during the middle of the week with general questions about what's going on because we're going to have a call at 4 o'clock or 4.15 on Friday Every Friday, and we're going to talk about the week, you know, in review. And it really allowed them to be much more efficient. They would invite centers of influence on, and those centers of influence would invite clients on. And I mean, they brought in millions and millions and millions of dollars of new business from centers of influence and everything because they used the technology. But it was because they were getting in front of what was happening. And this is no different. What we're experiencing right now. You know, maybe is a blip, but it's an opportunity for you to retain the client's right. attention. Right. You know, I'm working with a client or with an advisor right now who, who has somebody specifically on their staff to monitor their social media platforms, looking for, call it like signals from clients to initiate conversations. And so, think about it like this: you're connected with a client on whatever platform socially they post a picture about they're on vacation so he's setting up reminders to call that client after vacation strategically one talk about hey how was the vacation you know right and then two just to give them an update on you know january here's what you missed. right here's this here's the start here's yeah, what you missed pretty right. much i mean look that's a whole nother topic right about how you use social media to up your levels right i mean vacation somebody posts a picture of their their grandchild's birthday, right? Maybe you forgot that it was their birthday, but that was important to that that client. Right. Wouldn't it be awesome if you just, even if it was just a call or an email or you send a little gift or something, that's the kind of stuff that goes a long way. That's the kind of stuff that puts performance down at 18, right? Because that stuff, hey, I saw your, you know, Billy had a birthday, he was eight years old, and you must be so proud, you know? Maybe it was a picture of him playing baseball or something, you know? Give them a baseball, you know, send them something that's baseball related or something, a hat or a jersey of, a, of their favorite team. But I think that, you know, Dale, you're, you're really on to something in terms of advisors not having specific written. So we were with an advisor the other day, an RIA of a large billion and a half dollar RIA that we're doing some coaching for, right? And they, they kept talking about our service model, our service model, our service model. I said, well, can you email me, you know, your sort of your PDF, your propaganda material on your written service model? Oh, no, no, we don't. Yeah, we don't have that in writing. Oh, so then you don't really have a service model. No, we have a service model. Well, if it's not in writing, you don't have one. You have it up here, right? But the next person that comes into your firm, where do they go and see what the service model, the written service model is? How do you communicate what that service model is to a client? Well, we just told them during the interview. Yeah, but that. If it's not written, it doesn't exist. And so that's one of the coaching things that we're working on with that client. And you have to think about the worst case 
scenarios, right? Because if you have a service model that is put in place in the worst case scenario, markets go down, you know, a thousand points a day, whatever it is. I mean, I can, I don't want to, maybe I have PTSD from the corrections in the different markets that we've been through. But think about, I don't want to say think about September 11th, but think about the tech bubble. I mean, a lot of my peers, everybody I've been in the business with for almost 30 years or more, we've all been through those. And those were really bad days. And a lot of advisors washed out because they just couldn't take it because they couldn't get in front of it. So if you think about what does your service model look like today in the worst scenarios, right? If you could execute on that, then in these types of little blips or bubble, you know, little bounces, whatever you want to call them, then your written service model will be even better. And we talked about this last year a little bit. And a lot of people have talked about this, right? Like last year was actually the weird outlier of things, right? The market went up dramatically. Right? So if you weren't doing these things last year, or talk to your clients in an up market about, hey, guess what? Like the, you got issues. Yeah. You're probably going to hear things like you're probably going to hear from me at some point in the near future because the market's up dramatically. Yeah. You don't want to be the advisor practitioner that only calls your clients in the up markets because they pick up on that stuff, right? Or you don't call them back in a down market because oh, yeah. you're just busy doing some some other things. And candidly, with the amount of advisors that are going independent and going into private practice, which is what we call it here, managing an actual business and a practice in a down market is like two jobs. Right. Right? Because yeah. if you were at Morgan and you're now independent, you're at wherever, doesn't matter where you are, right? but you're independent, right? When you were at Morgan and the market was down, you just had one thing really to do, and that was manage your clients because your managers took care of you know, sales assistant issues or bills or things going on in the office, right? But now you're independent. Now you have to do both. So you're working like double time because you have to make sure your clients come first, but you have to make sure your business comes first. Oh, wait a minute. What a dilemma. How are you going to deal with that? Yeah. Well, to your point, having a team, having yeah. the right team, what we call human capital, making sure you have the right human capital in place. And you have to just think about what that model is going to look like. And so everybody gets the idea of where our concerns are because we see it all the time. We talk to advisors all the time and we can hear, we can tell sort of what their model is or what their model isn't. And I'm just letting everybody know that this is just something that we're seeing, starting to see some cracks in the market. They're talking about when you watch like one of the Good Morning America, whatever those shows are in the morning that I come downstairs, my wife's got it on TV and they're talking about interest rates. <laughs> We got a problem. That's a signal. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I saw that this morning. I was like, oh boy. Okay, this is very timely. We're that, doing that's this That's like podcast. me seeing cryptocurrency lawn signs while I'm driving around <laughs> right. in, in the car. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you seriously seeing this? Well, we did a podcast where I cited that. Yeah, we had, oh. we took a trip, I don't know, an hour away. I was at a stoplight and I looked over to my right and I was my jaw hit the dashboard because uh, there was a, hey, buy cryptocurrency. I took a picture of it yeah. and it was a lawn sign. But the point yeah, is, yeah. If, if everybody's talking about it, it's over. Your clients are clearly going to start thinking about interest Doesn't rates. Doesn't Tom Brady have a commercial about that? Matt Damon has one. Between SPACs and crypto deals, I've never seen such like celebrity endorsement. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't think that they understand it either. But but anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> that's a whole other whole other topic. Yeah. But listen, if you're an advisor and listening to this, we appreciate it. We're trying to get out a message just to open your mind, remind you to do the simple things. This, what we're talking about is simple, is like 
rudimentary financial advisor practitioner 101. But I've been doing this a long time. I've run a bunch of branches. I've seen it. I've seen it not happen. And then the advisor's like, I don't, I can't believe Mrs. Jones left. Well, you haven't called her in six months. Like, and she's panicking. Yeah, but I've told her, you know, we're about to long haul. We're about, you know, not panicking. Well, you know, it's not your money. And so just keep that in mind when we're looking at these things. You might not think it's a big deal, but your client might. And there's no downside in taking a proactive approach in an email. You know, I'm not going to say a text message, but in an email, in a phone call, a phone call that might last five minutes, right? And then at least you know you're taking the pulse of your clients. You know, do surveys on what type of communication do your clients prefer, right? Zoom calls, those types of things are really, really important. So anyway, this was great. I just this is my the warning. I'm not a, an economist telling everybody what's going to happen with interest rates or anything like that. But I see what I see. I see cracks. I see things like crypto lawn signs and all that stuff get me a little bit nervous. Maybe I've been I have too much PTSD from the multiple corrections I've been through. I haven't heard it for a long time. Listen, CNBC subprime lending. I haven't heard that term used on on CNBC in a while, and it brought back it brought back some. Oh, you you heard that this morning? Mortgage right? crisis memories. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, thank you very much for listening and or watching. If you're listening, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're watching it on YouTube, go to Apple, iTunes, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And we appreciate it. Send this to somebody that you think needs the help and guidance. We appreciate it. And we will see you on the other side. Great talk. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.